Welcome to RLA's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy Part 9 on Love in our series, How to Live a Meaningful Life, by your pastor, Renee Molina. So today we're actually finishing a series called the, um, How to Live a Meaningful Life. And um, we were talking, uh, we've been covering this series for about nine weeks. And today I'm going to be talking about the last one, which is love. But can we recap the whole, the whole series so we, were, we covered first self-control, and then we spoke about gentleness, and then we spoke about faithfulness. Something really important about faithfulness is that one of the signs that you have God living in you is that you're faithful and you're reliable. A- A.K.A., when you say yes, it's a yes, and when you say no, it's a no. When you say, I'm going to be there at a certain time, you're going to be there at a certain time. Part of being reliable is is following God is going to show that you're reliable. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. So what I love about God is that he he makes you less flaky. Can I get an amen? But let's keep going because that's not. So then we spoke about, um, for those that don't know what flaky means, it's not like, like the bread flaky. It's like someone that doesn't fulfill their word is flaky. That's, yeah, anyways. So then we spoke about, oh, it moved. Um, Then we spoke about goodness, and we spoke about kindness, and patience, and peace, and joy. And um, so that's what we've been covering. And I'm really excited because we're going to start a new series, um, I hope next week. But I'm going to be speaking about, um, there's a a series, we're going to be going over the life of Abraham, and kind of how the title of the series is going to be how you're never disqualified. And we're going to see how you're never disqualified for God's blessings and God's promises, how you, you're never disqualified. We're going to be going into that for a few weeks. So today, um, I really feel like this message was crafted by God. Um, there's times that it's kind of supernatural when, um, when I start getting downloaded on a message. Sometimes I'm literally sleeping and God just starts downloading the points and the main points like while I'm in bed. And it's crazy. Sometimes it's really natural. Sometimes it's like really supernatural. But I really do feel that today's message is, is really just God's really, really heavy on this. And, and um, actually, according to a lot of Bible scholars, these are ranked. And so we started with the lowest ranked virtue. And now we're going to end with the highest ranked according to God's word, which is love. And so today I want to talk about love. I want to talk about how, how when you follow God, the number one sign about you is your love. That's the number one sign that God is living in someone's life is that they love well. There's a scripture that says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. That means that if you say you follow God, but you don't love people, you're, you're a fraud. <laughs> because the true, the true sign, you, have you ever held like a $100 bill in the, in the, in the, in the sky, in the light, or a, a, like a pretty big bill in the, in the light? And have, have you ever seen the sign, the, the sign that, you know, the little head on the side, you know, the, I don't know if you guys know that, but there's like, there's like a little head on the side, or like you scratch the, I've heard people that you scratch the certain parts of the bill to see if it's real. But the thing is that in the same way, when you follow God, the sign, the main sign that you follow God is love. That's when you know if between a real and a counterfeit follower of God or Christian. 
And so love, love, say with me love. love. Yes, love. We say that all, every day, huh? We, we love everything. Love, love is the key. To, can we put the recap again? Love, according to the Bible, is the key to having all of those. Really important. Love is the key to having self-control. If you don't love yourself, you won't have self-control. If you don't love God, you won't be able to have self Does that make sense? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Love is the key to every virtue according to God's word. Love is the top one. It's the, it's the top. If, if you don't have God's top quality, then you can't have the rest of his qualities. And so love is the key that will open up the, the, the whole box, the whole treasure chest of virtues. So now, what's God's view of love? Tell the person next to you, you need to love more. Or tell people God loves you. Now, there's a, there are three questions that I want to uh, cover today. Number one, what's God's view of love? How does God view love? And there are three levels to God's love. Some of you have, um, I've mentioned this briefly in a, few, in, a, in a message a few months ago, but there are three levels to God's love, kind of like there's three deep uh, levels of the, of the ocean. I don't know if you know this, but there are, can we put that picture up on the screen? There are three levels of, of the ocean, and kind of like that, there are three levels to God's love. There are three levels to God's love. So the most superficial kind of love, if you're taking notes, Honestly, there's so much I'm excited to share with you today. The three different levels of God's love. Number one is called eros. That's the most superficial kind of love. That's the love that says, I desire this so much. It's ardor. It's, it's passion. It's, it's, oh, I just, I just have this desire. I, I love this. Oh, my gosh. When I see my favorite food, I just, oh, my gosh. You know, that's, that's, that's the most superficial and the thing with um, arrows, well, we could put the, 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 the levels of love next on the screen. That's the first layer of love, right? That's the very superficial. That's the passionate love. Oh, when I see my wife, I just, oh, man, you know? That's, the, that's superficial. And that's the, high, that's the, high, the thing with arrows, the, the most superficial kind of love, you could have that with anything and with anyone. But a lot of people, they based all their relationships on that superficial love. You see where I'm going with this? The passion. How do you know you love them? Oh, it's just when I see them, I have this feeling inside of me like a fire for them. Okay, but that's really, because like this kind of love comes and goes. The second layer of love is called philia in the Bible. It's philia. This is the love that you have for an associate because of mutual affection. This is the kind of love that says, I love you because you love me back. Because you got my back, I got your back. That's, that's the second layer of love. That's the kind of love you have with your siblings many of the times, with your coworkers, you know. But this, you don't find this love when the person that you like look up, look up to or an associate of yours or a sibling of yours when they don't got your back and you don't got their back, then that's not this second layer of love. Does that make sense? So this is mainly seen like in blood, family, friendship, co-workers. This is the second layer of love. The third layer of love is called agape love. And this is the love that is to have love for someone or something based on sincere appreciation and high regard. 
This is the kind and the deepest kind of love that God wants us to live by. One of my favorite writers, Dr. King, defined this love. We could put it on the screen. He said, agape is more than romantic love. It's more than friendship kind of love. Agape love is understanding, creative, redemptive, goodwill to all people. It's an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. That is the deepest kind of love. It's having goodwill to all people. It's like, you know what? You're not really showing so much goodness to me, but I still, I'm going to love you. I'm going to still show goodwill to you. This is what we're called to have for all people, whether blood or non-blood. All people, God is calling us to have this third deepest layer kind of love. A Bible scholar defines this love as volitional acts for the benefit and well-being of others. So things you do for the well-being of someone else, regardless of who they are. That is how God defines love. Can we put those layers again, those levels of love? Some of us, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the other one. Some of us, thank you. Some of us, we just live on the first layer. Some of us, we just live on the second layer. And usually people that we know just survive and live off the first two levels. But rarely do people live in the third layer. Can I tell you all the marriages that are here? Marriages are called to live in all three of them. Can I get an amen, all the couples here? (laughs) We're called to live in all three of them. But what God is, how he defines the deepest kind of love is that agape love. Can we put that definition, that Dr. King, what he said again. He said, agape is more than romantic love. It's more than friendship love. It's understanding, creative, redemptive, goodwill to all people. It's an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. Now, second question I want to ask you today, who defines your life? Everybody here is defined by somebody or something. If you have a Bible, can you go to Matthew chapter 5? Matthew chapter 5. One of the most powerful uh, messages or if you want, if you, if you may, podcasts or things you could teach or, or uh, learn or listen to is Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, verse 43, we're going to jump right in the middle of it. And this word of Jesus is so relevant. It's so relevant today. Matthew 5, verse 43 says, um, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, love your, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I feel like we've heard that like today, you know. <laughs> but I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son, his son, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the the despised tax collectors doing that? And if you greet and only say hi and bless only your own people, 
What are you doing more than others? Do not even the filthy, the people that you view as filthy pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Man, that word is juicy. Man. So I want to I I ask you, who defines your life? Someone defines your life. Who defines your life? Does your favorite show define your life? Your favorite teacher define your life? Who defines your life? Your cele- favorite celebrity, your favorite song, a friend, a novel? Everybody is defined by somebody or something. Everybody. The way you see life, the way you see Whatever is defined by some ultimate person that has defined that. The way you see money, the way you see love, the way you see everything is defined by somebody. And I want to tell you today, the person that can best define your life, and they have, they have been undefeated, they, their definitions have lasted through the ages. I recommend that Jesus for, uh, define your life. And he has defined life as loving well. The ultimate definition of life, according to Master Jesus, the greatest definer ever, is to love well. Is to love well. He is the best person, and this definition of life has lasted throughout the ages. And can I tell you something? Everybody agrees. Uh, most people, psychologists, sociologists, uh, sociologi- uh, uh, philosophers, theologians, artists, your fav- favorite, everybody confirms that life is best lived through love. And it's like Jesus was saying that thousands of years ago. The Bible has been saying that the way you live life is loving well. It's not about how much Bible you know. It's not about even how much you give to your church. It's not even about um, um, how, how, much, how, much, how many times you've been at service, having a perfect attendance at your church service. No, the ultimate thing according to God that defines your life is loving well. That's what it's all about. Renee, why are you so, because I guess I'm just passionate about loving well. Churches are known to be lousy lovers. And that's why no one wants anything to do with God. They think God is counterfeit because there's a lot of counterfeit Christians. But we need to be people that represent God well. And how do we represent God well? Is by loving well. Loving well. There's a, uh, one of my favorite writers, he said, D.L. Moody, he said, if I wanted to find out whether a man was a Christian, I wouldn't go to his minister. I would go and ask his wife. And if a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about God. That's huge. That's big. Dang. <laughs> If I wanted to know your life with God, I'm just going to see how you treat people, how you treat the closest people around you. Family members that are here, don't ask me about X person. Ask, ask the people that live with them how they are. 
Because how you love people reflects your life with God. So who defines your life? Your parents? Your grandparents? The way they did it? Or does Jesus define your life? Because if he defines your life, then his definition of life is loving well. Okay, I got to hurry up. It's, it was so cute because uh, recently this little boy, he came up to me, and he had this little Bible, this little, like, keychain Bible. And I don't know why. I guess because, he, like, he sees me as, like, the pastor. Uh, he just came to me, and he's, like, she showed me his Bible, right? <laughs> it was cute. Like, he showed me his Bible, and he's like, look, look what I have. And he was like, this little keychain Bible, and he was like going through it and everything. And, and, and I, told, I told the little boy, like, do you, know, do you know what the whole Bible's about? He's like, no, what? And I'm like, the whole Bible is about love. Love? Yeah, love. That's what, the whole, th- that whole thing is summarized in love. Okay, thank you. And he, like, we gave each other like a high five. <laughs> like, literally, the spark note summary version of the whole Bible is loving well, is love. Like, that's what it's all about. It's all about loving upwardly and loving side by side. That's why some people say the cross is the perfect uh, image of love. It's vertical and horizontally. How you love horizontally, how you love the people that you work with, how you love the people that are in your church, how you love the people that you live with, how you love them will show how much you love God vertically. Because there's a lot of people, they talk about loving God and loving God, and oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit has filled me up with so many things, and the Holy Spirit, oh, the Holy Spirit of God, God is all around me, God is all around me. But the way they treat the people around them is so cruel. I would doubt your love and the, how full of the Holy Spirit you are. Because according to the Bible, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, that means you're full of love. You, the Holy Spirit could be upon you, but not inside you. And those are way two different things. The Holy Spirit is in you, and he produces love and all those things that we were seeing. And when the Holy Spirit is on you, he's on you as power to bless the people around you. That's, that's like another rabbit trail. The last question is, why should we love the unlovable? Can I tell you something? And we could, we could put that on the screen. Can I, there's there's going to be some special people in your life. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's going to be some very special people, some very unlovable people in your life. I don't know if it's, it's a gossiper that you know of, that, man, they're special, and, man, I want to avoid them. Or if they're, they're liberal people, or they're super conservative people, or cold and different people, that you just show your love to them, and, man, it's like a wall. It's like, my goodness, can I get some response from you here? Like, those are some very special and hard-to-love people. They're unlovable. Can I get an Amen. Do you know anybody like that? <laughs> Do we? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> like, some people, like, it's hard to love our president. Ooh, where are you going there? And it, can I, for some people, he's very lovable. For some people, he's very unlovable. Because our life is full of special, unlovable people. But, so why should we love unlovable people? Thank you for asking. I'm going to tell you today. <laughs> and this is what I want to close the message with. 
Now I want to clarify something. Are you guys ready for this? God is calling you to love people. You don't got to like them. Does that make sense? You don't got to like somebody, but you do got to love them. There's a difference. I was looking up the dictionary, what does like mean? And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like means to take pleasure in or to wish to have. And love means, as we saw, it's goodwill, is that deep love. So you could like, you know what? I don't want to be with you. I don't wish to be with you. <laughs> what else? I don't take pleasure in being around you. But you know what? I hope the best for you. And that's love. You guys with me? You don't got to like them, but you do got to love them. Now, why love unlovable people? Number one, because, and, and I, I'm not inventing this. Jesus said in what we just read. Number one, when you love the unlovable people, number one, you're reflecting God. He said his, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So when you love unlovable and very special and indifferent and gossiping and miserable people, you're showing God to them. You're showing him to those special people, whatever, whoever's in that bucket of yours of special people. His love has no boundaries. His love has no limits. So when you love very special people, you're showing the heart of God to them. You're showing God to them. This is what it means to follow and reflect God. That person that, you know, there's even some people it gets under your skin. Like when you text like super long stuff and they just respond with, okay, cool. It's fine. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like I'm going to stop texting you then. I'm, you know, I'm going to call you then. It's funny because one of our family members, uh, he, every time his famous reply is 10-4. It's 10-4 to everything. (laughs) Right, babe? Kaylee's dad, Yeah. Every time you text him, like, this super long text with, like, a bunch of emojis and everything, and he replies, 10-4. And not even a period or anything. And I'm OCD, so that kind of drives me a little crazy. But, like, 10-4, you know? Yeah, because he's a truck driver, so he's like, copy, 10-4. Yeah, I got it, you know? And so in life, there's some people that you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm being so warm with them, and they are cold as ice. But if you keep loving them, you're reflecting God to them. The second thing, the second reason why we're called to love the unlovable is because it makes the difference. Jesus said, he said it, he says, do not even the tax collectors do that? If you guys don't know, the tax collectors back in that, in that time were like the corrupt politicians. They were so corrupt so when people ever heard, like, of a tax collector, they would be like, oh, like, oh, the tax collector. And Jesus was like, if you love those who love you, what makes you any different from a corrupt politician? They do that. Pagans were, for th- those people that were listening, they were the dirtiest, most crooked people that they knew. And so when Jesus was like, what makes you any different from the pagans? And if I could bring it home... If we love only those who love us, what makes it? And I have some pictures of very notorious people that a lot of people hate. Can we put the first person on the screen? 
This is Harvey Weinstein. This is a man that sexually abused so many people. Another picture. Can we put the next person? Hitler. Hitler loved people that loved him back. Like, he was... It was funny because when we were going to the notes, some people were like, wow, in my church, they're showing like pictures of Hitler and all these crazy people. Yeah, that's, this is what Jesus said. Jesus was like, what makes you any different from people that are notoriously evil? They love people that love them back. Let's keep going. North Korean leader. So according to uh, the UN, he is leading the most poor country in the whole world. The most inhumane country is North Korea. And then I think there's one more. that will, Osama. Wow, in your church, they talk about Osama bin Laden. He loved people that loved him back. And so if we could translate what Jesus said to our time, Jesus would say, what makes you any different from Hitler? What makes you any different from Osama? What makes you any different from Harvey Weinstein? What makes you any different from these crazy, notoriously evil people when you love those who love you back? But Jesus said, what makes you different from them is when you love unlovable people. When you love people that, that get under your skin. I know many times we talk about, oh my gosh, I got to hurry up. And then the last thing, I was going to mention that later. I got to wrap this up. And the last reason why we need to love unlovable people is because when you love unlovable people, you become perfect. Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. What was he saying that he was talking about in the context of loving unlovable people? So I close and say, the top Number one sign that you're a real God follower and God fearer is that you love well. So with that being said, let's all stand up. Hey guys, it's Pastor Kaylee Molina. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.